What's going on, Rebels? I'm Alex. And I'm Steve. I'm Cisco. And we are the Black Series Rebels, and you're listening to the BSR Show. Welcome to another meeting of the Midnight Movie Club. Tonight, the Empire Strikes Back. Rebels, before we jump into the show, wherever you are listening this to this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a review. It really would help us out, believe it or not. You heard it, folks. It's the Midnight Movie Club, and we are back with our first Midnight Movie Club of 2022, where we each pick a movie, we bring it to the show, and we celebrate it like positive fans. Isn't that fascinating? And this week, we are joined with our good buddy, from back in the day, back when we would only talk about laser swords, it's Alex from Star Wars Explained. What's up? <laughs> really, really honored, excited to be here. Man, I'm so stoked to have you here. Uh, I have watched The Empire Strikes Back, like, I mean, hundreds of times, but in the last week, I've watched it twice to prepare for this show. <laughs> and, and mostly because I was so excited to just kind of get into what I consider to be the penultimate Star Wars film. I know that a lot of people line up with me. Some people, you know, it's second, third, fourth. You're kind of, it's hard to find somebody where this movie doesn't live around the top of their list. And it's always fun to talk about Star Wars in a joyous way. But before we get into that, Alex, how have you been, buddy? What have you been up to? I'm good. I've been watching this show called The Book of Boba Fett. It's that's been keeping a lot of my uh, time just... making six videos after every episode of Book of Boba Fett. Just <laughs> yeah, like pretty much. content. Oh, yeah. Like wake up at 6 a.m. Because I'm I, if if I stay up till 3 a.m. my time to watch it, then I have to write down all my thoughts. And if I do that, I might as well record them. And if I do that, I might as well edit the video and then I would just not sleep. So, oh. yeah, I have to wake up early at 6 a.m. and then. Uh, I do a review. I do an Easter egg video. Molly and I do a live stream. We talk about it for like 12 hours straight and then we collapse. So you don't watch it at midnight? No, because okay. it's it's uh, we're in Georgia. So that's yeah. a 3 a.m. thing for me. Right, oh, right. OK. Oh, I, so it doesn't I'm tracking release at midnight okay. in, in the different regions. It releases at midnight Pacific Standard Time. Is that what, how it works? Right. Yeah. And oh, my 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah, that's Eastern. why. That's why East Coast folks get super frustrated with spoilers from California people sure. like right away because most of them wake up in the morning and then watch it like first thing in the morning. And of course, everyone in L.A. is like, yeah, I saw Grogu, baby, with like eight memes. And you're like, oh, man, come yeah, on. But like who's getting on Twitter first thing when they know that's what they're going to do? Oh. Like, well, I'm going to go watch the Book of Boba Fett here at 6 a.m. <laughs> but let me check Twitter real quick. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. You know, it's funny because like 100% agree and I'm pretty good about it. But there's been so many times where I just like, I mean, I'm addicted to it. It's like a slot machine. The, the right? muscle it's memory. Like, yeah. yeah. The muscle memory of just like, okay, click. Oh, whoops. <laughs> like, I got to get, you know what I mean? Like, I, we're lucky because we get it at midnight here. But even then, some of those midnight, when it comes out at midnight, I'm like, man, there was a time when Alex would have been thrilled for this. And now it's like, oh, I might... He catch this thing in the morning, but I'm proud. I did every episode of Book of Boba Fett at midnight. 
Yeah. yeah. How have you been, Cisco? I've been good, man. Uh, this week has been a, like kind of a. It feels like it was going really slowly. I think because the weather got weird, mm. but uh, yeah, it's been pretty good. We had a, a chill weekend. My uh, we celebrated a belated birthday for my wife this weekend and had a little poker night and uh, I won a little money for the first time. I, I had bad luck on on my birthday poker night and had a a, a good night this one. So. Nice. Um, it was pretty fun. And I didn't have to stay up till four in the morning this time to win some money. <laughs> it was only like one thirty. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then we watched the Super Bowl at, at my in-laws house and vibed out to some some nineties hip hop that I grew up on. No, well, two thousands, I guess. Uh two thousands hip hop. Nineties through the two thousand artists, but focusing on the music from the two thousands. Yeah, like, totally. Talking about the halftime show, I'm assuming, right? The halftime show, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. So um that was exciting. And uh, yeah, just kind of been doing some mellow stuff this week. I, I don't know if we talked about this, but this is like not has nothing to do with anything, but I forgot to mention it to you guys. I've been walking to pick up my daughter from school every day. Mm. So I've been doing a little mild exercising, <laughs> walking <laughs> from my house to my daughter's school. Um, nice. And which has been fun. And it was really funny because I would take the stroller with me because she can be a little lazy. And, um, at first she would be like, walk a little bit. And then she'd be like, ah, I just want to be in the stroller and be like, all right, cool. And then I can like actually like jog a little bit with her in there. The last three times she's actually walked the entire way home. So I didn't get any extra exercise, but I actually got her to do some exercise, which was nice. So we're just trying to do a little, uh, a little life motivation stuff with her right now, nice. instead of her just being on the iPad all day. So that's been a, a, a positive thing in this house. That's a big plus. That's a, that's an awesome positive, man. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. Keep it up, dude. Yeah. Staying. You guys can't see Cisco right now, but he's just all lats and traps. He's like, I've been working out a little bit. He's just yoked out of his skull. He's just, yeah, he's got no neck. It's uh, gone. It's just pure muscle. How you doing, Steve? Oh, you know, just coming off six hours of back-to-back -back, uh, respect in the workplace training and in uh, implicit bias training for work. So nice. I am ready to talk about <laughs> <laughs> what if I could Scott do back. this time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm good. Nice. Awesome. You? Well, anything I'm good, good happen man. with you? Yeah, I've had a good week. Good. I, I mean, I'll just I'll, I'll kill I'll kill the uh the white elephant in the room. Uh or is it pink elephant? What's the phrase? White elephant's the episode of the office. I don't know. I There's an elephant in the room. room. Yeah. I'll shoot it. Uh yeah, I mean, I did some stuff for Star Wars last year for The Old Republic, and uh, we did a cinematic short film for uh, called Disorder for the new expansion called Legacy of the Sith. Uh, super stoked on it. It got released uh, what would be yesterday. We're recording this on Wednesday. Response has been super positive. Uh, you know, obviously, if you're listening to the show, you know how important uh, this brand is to me and this franchise is to me, so... Uh, that's been a, a lifelong uh, piece of the bucket list, and it was pretty cool to check it off. You know, I still have a lot more I want to do in that space, but this was a small, a small little step in to really kind of enjoy it. And uh, you know, everybody seemed to really like it. So a lot of reaction videos, which are great. 
honestly, it's pure joy to watch somebody react to your thing, especially some of the, I've seen some with like four or five people where it's just pandemonium. <laughs> it's like, it's pretty fun. So I'm, I'm glad people are really digging it. And uh, if you're an old Republic player and you got to be surprised, that's awesome. If you just wanted to watch some cool lightsaber stuff, you know, I'm glad you got thrilled too. People seem really excited and that means a lot. So I'm stoked. Alex, I have a quick question about this. Yes. Because I'm not that familiar with the game. Yeah. Is it connected to the old Xbox game that came out like, you know, in the early 2000s? It's a good question. I, do, I don't know. Um, I mean, we like only have a Star right? Wars expert here. <laughs> Tap in <laughs> Yes, yes, please. It, the it, other Alex. It, it, ish. It is connected-ish. Like uh, Darth Revan, I assume that's what you're talking about, the KOTOR games? Yes. Uh, yeah, so Revan does play a part in the Old Republic MMO. And, and some of those storylines. So yes, it, it exists in, in the same universe and is connected a little bit. Around these parts, he's known as the Knights fan of the favorite. Republic, right? Right. And that was the one where you could kind of like choose to go either Sith or or Jedi. Right. Okay. Okay. I never played them. I just know people who did. Uh, I never had Xboxes, but my my buddies who did love those games. So um, I was always curious if they're connected to this this version of that game. Yeah, it's uh, you know, we we played we had a very specific set of uh toys to play with in the sandbox and it was really mm -hmm. fun to bust out like Darth Malgus and uh we created a new Jedi, which is a whole incredible experience and really fun to debate the different force powers that are, you know, present and available to figure out what you can do, what you can't do, you know, coming up with lightsaber colors. You don't realize what you get to do until you start to do it and you're like this is pretty pretty amazing and a ton of fun so i love that lightsaber by the way sahar katin yeah mm. she's got a pretty cool lightsaber we yeah. uh i can talk more about it offline <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um uh but any, Good, anyone, you, i was about to ask questions but i'll save them oh yeah yeah <laughs> well, well, uh, um, yeah well you, you asked me a bunch of questions steve will just cut it out right we, we know we'll hear this <laughs> right right yeah. okay then how, how it'll did be, you it'll be in the patreon <laughs> how did we settle on purple <laughs> mm-hmm uh, actually, that I probably could answer. I think that's that was exclusives. Uh, exclusives. Uh, we thought purple would look beautiful on green skin. Right on. It was really like that. So it was it was totally an aesthetic choice, and I think we were all kind of like, let's do something not as traditional as the blue or green. But I think it. I think originally it was blue, and then it became purple, and everybody was like, yeah, purple is a that that's the choice. Okay, you then I'll, I'll jump a step backward how did you settle on green for the twilight uh steve you're gonna have to cut that out i don't remember <laughs> no, i don't remember was that because your first introduction to one of them was because they were green in jabba's palace when you were a kid no i just think we chose oh actually i can answer this i can answer this uh there are some iconic uh twi'leks in uh star wars the old republic uh and specifically that relate to darth malgus and we chose colors to basically like not tip either way if she's related to other characters because none of that was decided when we were working on it. That's all the game dev team. I would not be coming up with any of that. So we were trying to choose a skin color that wouldn't lead fans down any particular path, basically. Huh. Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. It's been uh it's been crazy, man. I, I I'm glad people are super excited about it. And I it's for me, the thing that always got me, like the first time I watched it was the music. 
when you hear the music for the first time that it, it's actually like it's pretty overwhelming like what that does inside of you when you're when you're watching something that you did in that universe like I've heard the phrase thrown around that it's the oxygen of Star Wars. Like it's what mm. it burns off of. That music is so iconic and so powerful. And uh, we very specifically have uh, the, the cue, uh, like the needle drop of Anakin's Dark Deeds at the end of it. And th the first time that I heard it, I was just like, I, I can't believe I'm hearing this. It, it sounds so, it was like beautiful. Like everyone in the room is, was so moved by working on it. And that's like, if I were to express anything about the experience is like everybody that works on this stuff loves it so, so much and in a way that sometimes can't be communicated for whatever reason. Like people just can't go out publicly talk about how much they love stuff. They have to keep it quiet. They have to do, they have to do whatever works for them in their creative process. But my experience was that everybody working on it is so passionate and cares so much about it being the best thing it can possibly be. And I mean, that's the first conversation everybody had. How can we make, if we were to make one thing, how could it be our favorite thing we could make? Like let's, we want to contribute to this world in a way that is uh, beautiful and impactful in the same way it's been for us our entire lives. Like it really is like that for everybody that works on it. So to have that feeling is uh, pretty amazing. And to be honest, the movie that we're talking about today is that for me, it is the reason that I'm so drawn to this story. So without any further ado, let's get to a midnight movie club about the empire strikes back. Luke Skywalker and Han Solo rescued the princess, destroyed the Death Star, but their story didn't end there. Now, the creators of the biggest smash hit of all time bring you the next episode in the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. Okay, we are talking about maybe the penultimate, the supreme, my personal favorite Star Wars movie, The Empire Strikes Back. Now, we've talked a lot about Star Wars on this show, so I don't know that we're going to be kind of bearing our souls with how much we love this movie. But because this is a format of our show where we celebrate an individual movie, I thought Empire Strikes Back was the one after all of this amazing Book of Boba Fett action. Steve and I were talking back and forth. Cisco chimed in like, yes, we want to talk about this. And we wanted to talk about it with Alex from Star Wars Explained. So let me start with our first question, which is, Alex, what's your first memory of The Empire Strikes Back? It's funny. I always kind of equate it back to A New Hope because I fell in love with that movie and I I just vividly remember watching it over and over for an entire summer and I'm pretty sure my parents were like, let's just let him do that before we tell him there's any more Star Wars. Like, let's see how long we can get him to watch this one before we have to go <laughs> like all in on the whole franchise. Uh, but eventually I learned and so the, I remember my dad being like, this is my favorite one. And me at the age of eight, I actually kind of recall being like, why? Because mm. to an eight year old, it like the the action was all at the front. 
And I, I just don't think I understood it. I really loved the new hope and return of the Jedi and empire to me. I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's definitely one that like, you know, once you grow into it a little more, once you're in your teens, you're like, Oh, like I understand it now. <laughs> uh, and, and I understand my dad and why he said that at the time. Um, but yeah, my, my earliest memory is actually kind of one where I'm like, really, that's the best one. Hmm. Interesting opinion, father. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Cisco? What, what's your first memory of the empire strikes back? Yeah. I was thinking about this in, um, I think before I even have a memory of the movie, I have a memory of having the toys mm. and having the bed sheets, which I still have. We nice. found them. Um, the original <laughs> fucking bed sheets that my mom found in her closet. Um, yeah, and playing with my Wampa, my Tauntaun that opened up, and um, uh, Hoth, Luke, and and um and han those wow. were the and i think i may have had like the the um i forget what it's called but the ship that he flies in that shoots the tow cables oh the snow speeder the snow speeder yeah, yeah yeah i think i had a, a snow speeder too if i'm if my memory serves right um because when empire strikes came empire strikes back came out i was three and so jedi was the first one that i saw in the theaters um and uh i don't even know if i had seen empire yet i may have seen it on like a vhs but i don't i don't have a memory really of that um it wasn't until later on when we had the the vhs's of all of them that i remember like really diving into the movies hardcore like even as a kid growing up on on new hope like i remember the movie like vaguely but i really have a strong memory of listening to the movie on tape like having a cassette tape and putting it in my my little cassette player and like having the movie play that way it's like an abridged version you know but mm -hmm. um and with like a read-along book so those are my like super early memories of it but then um as an adult revisiting it well not as an adult as like a teenager i guess um revisiting it and really starting to appreciate the sort of like the nuances of empire where like jedi has always been my my like heartfelt favorite because it was the one that i like immediately i i, I have the fondest memories of um, watching in the theater and then also like having the toys that i played with the most but then growing up later and and appreciating the the sort of like where it takes the the story of Star Wars to the next level um, came later on. But yeah, for sure. I mean, Empire is it's great, man. I, I'm glad that we chose this because it's been a long time since I've watched it. It has been a long time since I watched it, too. And it was great to dive back in. Steve, what's your first memory of The Empire Strikes Back? Uh, I've got a lot of firsts with this. I've talked about them sporadically throughout the history of this show, I'm sure. Uh, first and foremost, um, my introduction to Star Wars was my, my fifth birthday. My brother is like 13 years older than I. He was the prime age for when Star Wars first came out. And so he busted out. My, my, the gift of turning five was I got to play with his Star Wars toys. <laughs> and um, one of those being the Snowspeeder. Um, a lot of his action figures were Empire Strikes Back era figures. The case, the vinyl case that he had was an Empire Strikes Back vinyl case. So a lot of the figures, the Snowtroopers, um, Yoda, uh, Bespin Luke, 
um, Hoth loot, Hoth, Hothon, all that stuff are really my first introductions and memories of Star Wars in general. Mm. Um, the other thing is, it's the first one I ever owned. And I remember being in line at a Long's drugstore, which today is just the equivalent of a CVS. But they had VHS tapes along where it would be like the magazine aisle now when you're checking oh, yeah. out. And I, the whole time, picked up a CBS Fox because you know there's a difference. There's a CBS Fox, there's a Fox video logo on the VHSs. And I just was like, Mom, can I have this? And she bought it. And I wore the shit out of that tape. And the other thing is, it's the first screenplay I've ever read. When I was about 10 years old, um, an employee of my mom knew I loved Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back. And for Christmas that year, she bought me, like, the screenplay of Empire Strikes Back. Oh, that's awesome. I still have it. And it's like, I, that was the first screenplay I ever read. I had never had seen a format like that. I had no idea. And um, so those are really all of just, like, that's what like that's why this movie is my favorite. It's 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 truly my introduction to Star Wars mm. on on from a toy level, uh, VHS level, and a screen and a, and a script level. So, how about you, Alex? The Empire Strikes Back has been the movie that has pulled me back into my Star Wars obsession at every point in my life. So when I was a kid, I did see A New Hope first. I saw A New Hope first, and I remember... I, mean, I talked about this in our very first episode. I watched A New Hope first at my grandmother's house. And she said, well, if you like that, there's a second one. We can go to Blockbuster and we can rent it. And I very, I vividly remember sitting on this like dirty, like brown old carpet in Tucson, Arizona. And my, my grandmother smoked like a chimney. And she would just sit in the kitchen and smoke cigarettes and drink a scotch and coke, a scotch and cola. Isn't that like and hot she would, chips? And she would microwave potato chips, kettle cooked potato <laughs> chips for me, and she would put them in front of me, and she would turn on The Empire Strikes Back, and it was just me and The Empire Strikes Back for, you know, uh, you know, entire trips to Arizona. And, like, you don't realize, like, like as I'm talking about it right now, I have the sense memory of the carpet, of the cigarette, of the the scotch, like that hot re- kettle grease on your fingertips. The hot, the hot potato chips, like that was that was my introduction to Star Wars. And then, you know, I loved Star Wars from like age six to like thirteen, obsessed. And then I had my punk rock phase and my learning to play guitar phase, and kind of fell away from it. And then. The month that I moved out of my parents' house to move to Los Angeles when I was 18 to start living on my own and pursuing this beautiful town we call Los Angeles, I they they came out on DVD for the first time that week. So that week, I was like, I guess I'll go get uh, Star Wars on DVD and I'll watch I'll watch Star Wars on DVD for the first time. And I don't know if you guys remember, but it was that like silver and black case and it kind of slid together. It had like like the Luke and Leia and like uh, Vader almost like hero pose, like embossed in the silver. Was that the DVD or was it the the VHSs? No, the VHSs, at least the ones that I remember for the VHSs, had like the half of their face on it. Right. Okay. That's what I remember. I'm at least what I remember I, this DVD. Am I, I wrong, I think Alex? Th- they they did a special edition VHS, which and I think they the DVDs were probably the same. 
where yeah the special edition vhs was the kind of half box that you'd slide together i think they did the same thing for the dvds yeah i just remember it had like some particular level of like fancy box and i <laughs> remember watching it by myself in my apartment in la and i was living like in santa monica at the time had no idea where to move in los angeles at the time and i i watched a new hope and i was like oh my gosh i still love this movie and then empire strikes back came on and 18 emo you know kind of lonely all the friends back home by yourself with a movie and that speech from yoda comes on talking about luminous beings and how we're all connected and the force binds us together and th the entire moment on dagobah and i remembered being so moved by it i was like this is really good this is not just what i thought it was as a kid which is uh yes that is exactly it steve has pulled up the photo yes that is it steve uh I, I remember being so moved by the feeling of watching this movie. And I think that's one of those kind of cinematic moments where it's kind of like a dragon that I chase, you know, like that feeling like this movie has a lot of dragons that you're trying to like kind of conquer and chase when you take in other media because it's so powerful and magical the first time you see it in this movie. And I think that kind of brings me to my next point, which is this movie's impact on pop culture. I think it's one of the things that it doesn't get enough credit for. We know the impact that Star Wars had on pop culture. That was massive. But Empire Strikes Back establishes this idea, I think, really, of the cinematic universe. There's more to this story and there are infinite stories that we can tell in this space. And whenever I look back on this movie, I go, it's amazing what this movie manages to achieve. Did uh, Cisco, do you want to speak on that a little bit? This movie's pop culture impact? Well, I think, you know, I don't know how accurate this is, but it feels like it's one of the first times when a, a genre action sci-fi movie had a sequel that was at least as good, if not better than the original, you know? And so I think that is pretty unique. And I think even still to this day, I think it's still a, a feat if you're able to accomplish that. And so um, to your point, I think that being able to take that original sort of like finite story in a new hope, and then expand upon it in the way that they do in Empire. And then also like leave it in such a, a state at the end of this movie where you're like, well, we know we're getting a part three, you know, because this is not the end of this. Right. So, yeah, of course, the, it, it does feel like at least in. In its infancy, it is creating that sort of like shared universe. Um, and then obviously we know what would end up happening with Star Wars eventually. But um, that, I'm sure at that time it was pretty mind blowing for people who even if they weren't fans of Star Wars, but especially for the fans of Star Wars to be like, oh, my gosh, we get to get more of these. Like, OK, awesome. Let's keep doing this. Yeah, for sure. Alex, you know, as someone who's sitting in front of, you know, a lot of the actual impact it has on pop culture, you know, action figures, toys, the, the lifestyle that is being a star Wars fan. When you think back on empire strikes back specifically, how do you reflect on its pop culture impact? 
It's interesting because like I didn't really experience it until 90, 96, 95, somewhere around there, where to me, like sequels were just a thing that, you know, happened all the time where back in the day it was like, how, how many sequels were there really? It wasn't always a given, even if something was a smash hit. Uh, but yeah, I, I think about, I, I guess I always jump to parodies that I kind of take those for granted sometimes, but the amount of times that just like, I am your father has been parodied. And that's such a impactful moment in the movie, but people parrot that so many times. Uh, I, I remember I, I was watching a movie with friends and I think it was the freaking boondock saints of all things. And like <laughs> the, at the end, Billy Connolly walks in and the, the two saints are in there, whoever. And I made the joke of like, and I'm your father. And then he literally revealed that. And I was like, God, this happens all the time. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's kind of my takeaway is that, yeah, the, the storytelling, the twist. Uh, but also, yeah, what you were talking about, the cinematic universe and not not just cinematic, though, because by that point, there had been two books, I think or at least Splinter of the Mind's Eye and one or two of the Han Solo adventures. Like, they were already building this thing out, not to mention the the holiday special. Well, it's funny, so, yeah. because going back to... <laughs> the in, real sequel to Star Wars. Well, in going back and doing some research, like, George had hired the author of the the Splinter of the... Is it Mind's Eye? What was it? Mm -hmm. Splinter of the Mind's like, Eye. I had read that George had hired the author of that in case the first Star Wars was um, not a hit as a low budget like sequel yep in case it wasn't a hit to do it to do it that way um and the other thing was is i found out that gary kurtz actually although he was on the verge of being fired many times uh, for mishandling a lot of budgets and things on the first one um but because he had a history with george he actually is the one that came up with the title for empire strikes back because back then like part like part two or the number two or whatever was basically like a curse not taken seriously mm. nothing and so that was where they kind of came up with the the title of it all um you know i think it's obvious that the the i am your father is is one of its biggest pop culture impacts um but also i think it's pretty amazing that the movie itself can be such a like tonal shift in a different direction from the first movie while staying true to everything that the first movie set up. And it wasn't beloved when it first came out, other than obviously the shock and awe of the, the way it ends. But like you go back and read the reviews and it parallels another star Wars sequel that came out not too long ago. And it's really interesting to see how, you know, over time it changed to become this beloved Part and I and I in rewatching it this week, you know, this isn't a new thought or anything, but it's amazing to me how much it really expands the mythos and the world building of the first movie. I, you know, the next sort of like thought on this list was why do we think this movie has such a lasting impact on whether it be cinema or film or even Star Wars? And in this last rewatch, to piggyback off what you're saying, Steve, and I want to get Alex's thoughts on this as well, which is the the lore 
that th this movie is for me the movie where I feel like Star Wars really gets its like meat and potatoes. This is the movie where we like sit down and we really describe the philosophical stakes of this question. This is a dire situation where even in victory in destroying this, this super weapon, we have not finished the fight until the entire galaxy is saved. And for me, that is this, it adds this really interesting cocktail to now what I want all of my star Wars mixed with. And this is like the movie where I think they really kind of cement that or lay that flag down. When you watch empire, Alex, it, did the, does the lore resonate with you like it did like it did with me in this last rewatch? Oh, yeah, for sure, especially with the force. And I wanted to point out uh, when Steve mentioned the, the tonal shift, I'm like, yeah, that's another thing that uh, it's just impacted cinema where, you know, every sequel, it, they're like, it's got to be the dark one. Like part mm -hmm. two is the dark one. How often does number two in a trilogy equate back to everyone's like is it the empire strikes back of whatever this franchise is totally like yeah that just popped into my head but the force in the empire strikes back is where they really really dive into it it's funny when you look back at a new hope and obi-wan barely says anything about it he's like it's an energy field and it surrounds you and it penetrates you and binds the galaxy together and it's like all right what the hell does that mean man <laughs> and then yeah. like you, you get to yoda and he really breaks it down uh, with the luminous beings or we, and he just through all of his lessons with Luke talks about the fight between light and dark and the do or do not. And like, believe in yourself. There's so many things that he talks about in just like four scenes that really sets the foundation for, especially the force and the Jedi moving forward. But I, I really love how it's all set within the context of the characters. Um, I do this video every year where I uh, go through the whole canon timeline of like, here's the story of Star Wars from the creation of the galaxy to wherever we are at this point. And it's funny, I like kind of breeze over the Empire Strikes Back because historically, for just galactic history, which is the focus of that video... It's like there's not a whole lot that happens. It's all about the characters, but it's still just it feels like the most important film for mm. the franchise. So it, it, it's very funny whenever I am writing that video and I'm like, I feel like I should be talking about the Empire Strikes Back more. But <laughs> you don't want to put in your like galactic timeline that the, um, the Millennium Falcon landed on an asteroid. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for, for X amount, potentially a day. Also, that's a question. I do have a question. How many <laughs> how many days is Empire Strikes Back? I'm just curious. Do the, we has anybody thought about that? That That's the movie that tells me that Star Wars doesn't care about the timeline. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like it, the actual <laughs> physical amount of time, because I'm always like. Does, so Luke definitely sleeps at least one night. Well, <laughs> let's, if you want to think about it, how long does Luke spend in the the tank after getting mollywopped by the Wampa? <laughs> right. I don't know how long. Well, did it they can't spend be that long because it can't be that long because Han's like already still trying to get the fuck out of there to take care of Jabba and his debts. How long did they spend out in the snow and Hoth before they found them? 
mm-hmm. one night maybe i guess i think that was uh, one night probably one night and then uh he probably spends at least what a day in the tank probably right at least uh, an afternoon you got to get a light soak in before yeah. you and then how out. long does it take for for him to travel from hoth to dagobah well i think we just found out that healing in a back to tank it really depends on how much emotional trauma you have to process through yeah. flashbacks. how many dreams do you have to have who knew yeah. that back to th- who knew that a back to tank was not just physical therapy but it was actual emotional therapy yeah yeah there's a, it's like a sound bath it's a proper like oh when you're in there so we're t- we've we've started kind of diving into scenes and this movie has a lot of scenes that really stand out in it but i want to just go around the horn and maybe we can each throw out a scene and i think we all can probably not pick one that the other one picks because there's so many great moments in this movie but alex is there a kind of a standout scene for you when you jump into empire strikes back uh the asteroid chase is the one that jumps into my head that's where i like no matter what i just even if i already had the speakers turned up pretty loud I turn it up louder because all the music slaps. Yeah. I love that song so much. And every time I watch it, I I'm still surprised. It's from 1980. It's over 40 years ago, but I'm still like, God, these effects look good, especially considering three years earlier, they were doing groundbreaking stuff that looked amazing at the time. But the jump from, the the trench run and the dog fighting and a new hope to the empire strikes back i'm like this this is incredible and i'm like look at the shadow of the millennium falcon on that asteroid i just get excited about that stuff every single time yeah that's a great a great 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 scene what about you cisco what's what's that empire strikes back scene that when it comes on you're just reminded of how much you love this movie i absolutely love the battle on hoth the battle on Hoth. What is it about the battle on Hoth? Well, I love them figuring out how to like use the tow cables to trip up the the walkers, the ATATs. Um, I love that they lose and they have to evacuate, and that leads to the separation of our our heroes. Um, and it's just like I don't know. I maybe it's because it's. Hoth, it, it, uh, the location is so cool to me. Like, I really love the all of the outfits that everybody's wearing. I this is like a total side tangent, but am I the only one that like started googling Columbia Star Wars as soon as the movie starts in Hoth? Because like, I re- I'm reminded of all of the dope Columbia shit that they come out with like <laughs> yeah. every couple of years. I was like, I didn't even know they did a freaking Mandalorian hoodie. I would have bought that. <laughs> that it's like green and like super understated. I was like, ah, man, like I don't need the <laughs> giant Columbia jackets. We don't get that cold here in California, but that hoodie is freaking tight. And now they're like 300 bucks. I'm not spending that shit. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, dude, no, I, I think that, um, just the the location of Hoth, I really love, and it starts the movie off in such a cool way, you know. Um, and so then, like, sort of like one A is the battle on Hoth, and then one B is uh, Luke in the cave with the Wampa. Just, nice. Those two scenes are like just man, they really start the movie off. In are you pro? Perfectly. Are you pro seeing Big Wampa in special edition, or did you like it more when you just kind of heard him and then he popped out and scared you? Uh, I like when he pops out and scares you. Okay. All right. Yeah. Steve. 
a scene in Empire Strikes Back that just sticks out to you. It's funny. I have a lot of little moments more than than full-blown scenes. Obviously, all the scenes that have already been mentioned. But I have little moments. Like, emotional impact is they're closing the 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 blast shield doors or whatever they're called for the night after not being able to find Luke and Han and and Chewie just fucking lets out his cry right and I even think that was the mo I, I want to say that's the moment too where I realized that like I understood what R2 was saying because I feel yeah. like there's a point there where R2 does this beep that sounds like is he okay is he okay like there's just like <laughs> moments where like I, I I have those memories of like that or you know when Luke's on Dagobah eating his little steel tray bento box of like wafer cookies and we don't know that yoda's yoda yet and he's just this annoying creature that's like digging through all his stuff like i just i crack up at that stuff every time um or you know when when yoda looks at him and goes you know i believe it's in this one where he looks at him and goes you will be oh you, you will, will be. be like there's you just moments will. that like stand out like that or you know, kill across the killer star wipe right after that. Oh, yeah, too. yeah, doesn't he go like you will be? And it goes, yeah, you know, does it go like right to Empire? It goes right to the bridge of a star destroyer or something. Yeah, it's great. You know, it's, it's also the scary. moment where it's like we got to see underneath Darth Vader's head for the first time, under his helmet for the first time. And it was, I just, as a kid, I remember being scared, like just really scared. So I just have like these small, weird moments not really like big scenes or anything it's just these moments that stick with me that every time i see now i just i don't know i love yeah my absolute favorite scene is when luke first meets yoda i think it's the best comedy in star wars it's the best <laughs> like it just genuinely makes me really really laugh like kooky like lonely yoda is absolutely the best yoda like there's no like I, I I won't hear any I won't hear any other conversation. I love it when he's a little just like <laughs> and just kind of like walks back into his cave and cooks him dinner and he's just like, what's not make one great? <laughs> like I just think it's so great the way he is just having so much fun. And it's like it works both ways. If you're watching it for the first time, you're like, who's this kooky alien that Luke met? And then you get the fun reveal. Or if you're watching it again, you're like, oh, this is so great because he's he's testing him through this entire scene. So I like that that scene works on a couple of different levels. And then I would be remiss to not mention, I this is my personal favorite lightsaber fight in all of Star Wars as well. I think that this Luke invader fight, the, the stakes and the tension... And the, you know, this isn't going to go well through that entire thing. Like you never think, oh yeah, Luke's got this. You're <laughs> always worried for him the entire time. And that's something that works really, really well in this particular lightsaber fight is because you're just, you're kind of waiting for the inevitable fall. Everybody told him what would happen. Obi-Wan and Yoda are like, don't go do that. Don't do that. You don't want to do that yet. And he does it anyway. And he, he, he trusts his gut and he makes choices that a lot of characters have made in star Wars now. And those are still kind of fun choices to debate amongst fans. And it's all about these like choices and what you choose to do as a hero, as a villain, as a, as a member of the light, as a member of the dark. And I think that's really fascinating that this is when I feel like that movie, those, those things are sort of injected into the DNA of star Wars. Uh, Obviously, this movie is well-written. It has tons of iconic lines. So before we go into our favorite lines, uh, Alex, you mentioned the 
the asteroid chase. And that kind of popped into my head, kind of briefly thinking about the pacing of this movie. The writing in this movie and the pacing of the writing in this movie is flawless. From start to finish, you hang on every actor's word. It moves at such a cool clip. This like modern Flash Gordon kind of like that that Kasdan charm that is just oozing in this script. And I just think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about just how well the script is written. When you think about Kasdan's writing, Alex, how, how do you uh, how do you sort of look back on it? I feel like I equate it mostly to the Han Solo lines. Mm. I think those are the ones that always jump into my head when I'm thinking of it. Like, people don't give The Empire Strikes Back enough credit for how funny it is, not just with Yoda, but like the stuff between Han and 3PO always makes me laugh. His yeah. little bit about like, Chewie, plug the professor in and like get him out of here. I love those little things that he, little jabs he takes at 3PO. Um, but yeah, the, I, I think, I think about how funny he made the, the quote darkest chapter of star Wars. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, I think Ryan Hands Johnson down. even mentioned this at celebration, right? He was like, you know, a lot of people talk about how dark empire strikes back is, but what always resonated with me is how funny it is. He talked about what a funny movie it is. So it's, it's interesting that, we, we do always talk about how dark it is, but the truth is it really is balanced quite nicely. What were you going to say, Steve? No, it, 100%. It's got some of the the best comedy in, in all of Star Wars. It, that's all. I just like it. It's I have always thought it was funny that it was considered the darkest because and I understand that, but it, it is by far the funniest. I wonder if uh, that sort of. I mean, obviously the themes, the reveal of Luke, I am your father, Luke losing, they kind of just get walloped the entire movie. Well, and the Maybe double cross by Lando. The double crossing. Like, it definitely, like, it is a movie where our heroes barely escape. Like, they don't fail, but they are they are teetering on the fail, on failing uh, their missions throughout this entire movie. And the other thing that I wanted to call it is just the look of it. Cisco. You know, you're a big movie guy. You watch a lot of different movies. I know you've talked a lot about your love of independent cinema, your love of Christopher Nolan films. When you watch The Empire Strikes Back, do you see that like visual aesthetic on display in a way that is so influential as kind of we look back on pop culture films? Yeah, I think in a big way, what I really noticed this time watching it was how... It would just uh, to refer back to what you were talking about the pacing, how well it jumps back and forth between the storylines. Mm. It's really like it doesn't ever feel jarring. It doesn't ever feel like uh, shoehorned in or anything like that. It feels very natural, like the the sort of um, the tangents, the, not the tangents, but the, the the sort of like parallels that are being drawn between the two stories and how they're they're moving along together in similar ways and flashing back and forth between them is so cool in this movie. Um, and yeah. And then also the, to talk about the look of it, I think that starting in hot in, in Hoth with the, the ice is, is such a interesting thing because half of the time when, when they're searching, you know, you don't even really see what's going on. It's so blurred by, 
all this crazy snow and um, it, it, it really gives you a sense of how dire their situation is, especially uh, Luke and then Han eventually. Um, and then to move from there to the Dagobah foggy swamp and, you know, you're seeing like all these weird creatures and snakes and what the hell is Yoda? <laughs> like, if you don't know, you know, what, what is Yoda? Um <laughs> And, we still uh, don't know what is Yoda. That's the best yeah, part about Yoda. We just know sure. that it's him and Grogu and Yaddle at this point. Is it the only funny... movie? Is it the only movie out of the entire series to not take place on a sand planet, or not have scenes on a sand planet? I don't think Jedi does. I... Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah oh, at the beginning. Yeah. At the beginning. Yeah, yeah. But then the rest of the movie is not. No, I'm just saying. Is it the only one of the series that does Definitely... not? have even a scene one. or sequence that takes no, place in rogue sand. one's got jetta yeah even rogue one and yeah. solo have yeah. sand sand planets on them not i don't have an issue i'm not one of these people that are like fucking sand again i'm just saying wait what about what about revenge of the sith tatooine's at the end oh you're right oh you should start a star wars channel where you explain <laughs> star wars hey what about the last jedi uh Great oh. salts. All right, so, so it's Last okay. Jedi and Empire. Okay. Yeah, Last Jedi and Empire. Oh, oh wait, no, no. Cantonica. Cantonica is a desert planet. Canto Bite is supposed to be Las Vegas within a desert planet. Oh, oh okay. you can't get anything past Damn this it. guy. All right, well, you I don't want to be right to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> take that to the bank. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that great. Was it? Take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. General Grievous's capture. That was the moment all of your fans went, "What the fuck are you doing?" Why does he hang out with like, these guys? Jesus I was so happy with that video. <laughs> and everyone else was so confused. <laughs> That's, That's the BSR way. Uh, you know, but as as we start to kind of wrap up here, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about some of the more kind of fun side stuff that happens cuz you know, having Alex here. Alex, are there any like kind of like fun side characters in this movie that don't really take center stage that all and now that you're such a kind of lore nut that always pop out to you when you watch it? Uh, I'm running through the film now because there's no easy answer like Big Star Glider. I mean, obviously, we have a uh, wedge who only has a couple shots, a couple lines, but it's awesome to see him return. I'm also a big hobby fan and clearly I'm uh gravitating towards the pilots again but obviously the big uh, one oh lobot low i lobot. love lobot yeah <laughs> well the big one the big one is the ice cream guy oh sure yeah wilro hood <laughs> everyone loves wilro hood and for good reason like but it, it's such a wild thing that people latched onto that it's like that dude has an ice cream machine <laughs> and they're like well and now, now it's now turned gonna... into like a 5k it holds money a 5k right? celebration marathon uh-huh. Just the the fact that like fans noticing something kind of willed that character into existence to be like that that now is something that everyone knows and people are gonna write stories about coming this person. next spring to Disney Plus <laughs> the what book about- of Will Rowhood. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Cisco? Are there any uh, like? We talked about some of the 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 more kind of impactful, memorable scenes. Is there anything like really random that every time you see it, like, I just love that? Um, I was gonna say Lobot when it, when it uh <laughs> when it just like randomly flashes to him and his eyes open. 
Yes. Yeah. It's so funny because it's so like, sick. It, it's really great. Because, like in my mind, I'm thinking like, oh, they shot this for the trailer. Like this had to be something for the trailer because it, I, I don't know that it really makes sense in the story of it. Cause he's like, Lando sent him to go do something. You know what I mean? It wasn't like he had to be like asleep while it was happening. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that moment really like, I was like, oh, that looks really cool. Just the framing of it all. Like it's a, it's a really cool shot where there's a lot of stuff behind him. You know, it's like this like medium shot and his eyes just open really cool. And then it flashes to the next thing. Um, and then the, I think the Ugnats always make me laugh. <laughs> It's like they don't uh, do anything. They just where they like, toss 3PO's like head around, right? And Chewie's like, "Come on, man, give me that head back." <laughs> yeah, but then also preparing the the carbon freeze. Oh you know, yeah, like, getting ready to like, get the carbon freeze ready. Um, yeah, I think those are. And, and then I was also laughing this time on like how freaking uh, willy nilly Darth Vader is with killing his subordinates. Yeah, the like, best. Four guys, and he's just like, you fucked up, choked up, choke your ass. You fucked up, choke your ass. You know what's great about the confidence in that writing and storytelling, too, is like a lesser writer would like cut to two Imperial officers and be like, oh, I just... He's already killed two. I hope he doesn't kill me. Just to like really reinforce to the audience that, oh, they're going through generals like it's going out of style. Oh, things are weird. But the fact that it's just like, no... No, dude, you're all dude, disposable. Dude. There's like six moments where he does it too, where they're going into the asteroid field. And he's like, don't stop. And then the emperor's like, I can't get a clear signal. He's like, turn around. Like he yeah. literally, he just doesn't care. He's like, do whatever I say this entire thing. And that, I love that about Vader in this film. I really laughed hard this time when uh, <laughs> the guy's dying. So it's the video. He's talking to Darth Vader. The guy's dying behind the other guy as Vader's now giving the new guy his replacement his instructions and the guy's just like <laughs> looking behind him like uh, are you dead yet okay i think you're dead <laughs> it's funny i was thinking about it today and i was like wow empire strikes back gave us apple watches facetime controlling our appliances lobot with our apple watches fucking fantastic also veers we got veers from this one yep oh yeah got your veers veers watch veers watch <laughs> I, oh to to tie it in I I'm I'm got, might butcher my cannon here a little bit, but I'm fairly certain that Malgus is in some way related to Veers. I think the guy like, that plays the voice of him is his son. Yes, that's what it is. The voice the voice of uh, Darth Malgus is the son of the actor that plays Veers. Is it and really? It, yes, it's Julian Glover's son. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I yep. thought you were making a joke. No, I totally I wasn't making a joke. Like I'm like I know this. I I did my homework. I remember. No. Full disclosure, we did write that over a year ago, so it's ferret i can forget some stuff in it a year and a half i uh, i gotta talk about one scene before we jump off because this movie is a 99.9 percent .9 hit rate it is almost a flawless victory there is one thing now that for me is hilarious that the whole like the you the entire context of the films need to be taken into account this one moment where i think i'm like oh i just wish that wasn't in there now that kiss between Luke and Leia. Is, I hate it. Is so funny because in that it. moment it was great, and now every time you watch, like, Ugh. it drives and me. And then crazy when he turns when into the jealous, now because I'm always thinking like as a like the 
behind the scenes. It's like he knew he was going to make them brother and sister. And he still had them mm. legit make out at the beginning of the movie. I don't know that he did. I, I think he think might. He I think that. he might say that so, he did, but I don't I, think. In he my did. research today, it's also I the don't same know, way. Man. At it, the it, end, it, at the end of the movie, it's like it there's is. one more. In my in my, in my research, <laughs> in my research, you know, he worked with Lee Brackett. He hired her, paid her fifty grand to write the sequel. Didn't know she had cancer. She died. That's when he brought. He then did his handwritten version of it. He brought Larry Kasdan in. Kasdan, Kasdan then did his thing. And all of it, there were sequences where it was, even the whole time, even though it ended with Vader being his dad, it also had Force Ghost Anakin in there. Um, you know, there was a lot of contradictions throughout it all. And, you know, and, and he even told Mark at one point when Mark got in an accident, he said, you know, if you hadn't survived this accident, I'd, I wouldn't have written you off. I would have recasted your character. But just so you know you also have a sister and it's most likely leia like this is like before filming so there's oh, okay there, but but again i don't I, know i there's, haven't heard that part of the there's story. so much like it's been 40 years this year either there's way so much bro you can throw all the bts facts at me oh it's the, weird the, 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 the truth it's remains weird. that uh, let's put it in real life context you're chilling like beefing with but i think there was a buzzfeed article that came out today that was like straight up like tv stopped making almost incest a thing where characters <laughs> like almost hook up then find out their siblings the he literally is beefing with his boy and he's like hey man thanks for saving me ah they're kind of joshing each other and then he starts beefing with leia and then she looks at me like i'll show you kisses her brother super passionately and then walks away and then, and then the, his back. And the, <laughs> the, the, the lean the back yeah oh it's the lean yeah, back it's the lean back that, that it's, chewbacca it's, does and it's it's all the above that <laughs> scene i in this last rewatch i watched i was like yo is this the only star wars scene that now is kind of nuts <laughs> that this actually happens and exists yeah it's funny like I, I'm actually like trying to compile some things that they make sense after the fact. And it's like, Oh, what a lucky thing where like Darth Vader was not originally meant to be Luke's father. Uh, but you get that line from uh, uncle Owen where uh, Amperu says he's too much like his father. And he goes, that's what I'm afraid of. And it's like, Ooh, that feels so ominous now. Yes. But it just happened to work out that way. And I'm like, ooh, like happy little accidents. I'm See, gonna and people those. people complain the, that these the, things should be mapped out, and it's just like, right. But well, the, and I'm like, the kiss is the opposite of that. Yeah, <laughs> like, it does the reverse. <laughs> yeah, but it pays it off the, in Jedi when when Luke's like, I, or Han's like, alluding to the fact that he's like, it's Luke. You, you're in love with Luke. I get it. I get it. She's like, no, he's my brother. And then they kiss, and he has this look on his face, like, oh. Yeah, but that's not about that. He's not remembering the makeout in Empire Strikes Back. He's not going. He's wait, striking totally, it from his memory. Could you imagine point. if, like, in the end of Empire, like, right? Could at you that imagine kiss, if he went, him. but you kissed your brother? Exactly. Like, looked right in the eyes, like, wait a minute, you totally made out with your brother in front of me on Hoth. That's weird. And like, got up and just kind of trotted away as the Ewok. I gotta like, think yep, about but. this. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I think you know, it's you can always just kind of talk and laugh and just joyously talk about this movie there's so much to love about empire the empire strikes back uh any closing thoughts on this film that you were dying to get off your chest alex before we lock up for the day i i feel like i i gave 
Lobot not enough credit. I'm sorry <laughs> that I took so long to remember him, but I really do love that character. And uh, Charles Soule's Lando comic did even more to make me love him. So Lobot is great, great, great uh, Empire Strikes Back secondary character. Sick. What about you, Steve? Any final thoughts? Hey, you know what? This is the first time I was introduced to Boba Fett. We've been spending a whole several weeks yeah. talking about Boba Fett. Um, you know, he's no good to me dead. I don't know. It was one of those characters that I went, who the fuck is this guy? And, yeah, uh, you know, he looked cool. And uh, I love that you can take a character like that and 40 years later make an entire TV series about him and fans go nuts. What about you? What about you, Cisco? Any, uh, any last thoughts before we jump off? Yoda, man. Always listen to Yoda. Mm. He'll never steer you wrong. <laughs> Can't go wrong. You know, I think if I were to close out any thoughts on this, it's like Star Wars is awesome. And this is, in my opinion, the pinnacle of it. So it's great to jump back in. And, and I always give myself some time before watching this movie again. I can go about a year, two years without watching The Empire Strikes Back. And then when I dive back in, I'm always reminded just how much I love it and how much it means to me. And I love talking about it with you boys. I love talking Star Wars. Uh, this will be kind of the last Star Wars episode for a good while, but we wanted to end on something fun. So we wanted to talk about Empire Strikes Back with our boy, Alex Damon from Star Wars Explained. If the people want to find you, where can they find you, Alex? Uh, YouTube, Twitter. We do some TikToks every now and then as well. We're trying to keep up with the youngsters. Uh, but yeah, we're just Star Wars Explained in all those places. Nice. Cisco, where can the people find you? Don't find me. I'm, I suck on social media. <laughs> Go follow Alex and Molly and Star Wars Explained. They, they kill it. <laughs> Steve, where can the people find you? Uh, at Star Wars Explained on Twitter, Twitch, <laughs> TikTok, wherever we're at. And you can find me at Star Wars Explained on Twitter or Star Wars Explained on YouTube. We have been the Black Series Rebels, and we will see you next time on BSR. Later. guys i'm here at pixar i'm about to go in uh start working on a collaboration project with pixar just kidding man i don't play that soft little baby shit man that's satan all day that evil satan stuff heavy metal shit man i don't fuck around with a little baby shit <laughs>